0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Shenanigans podcast. I'm here with two special guests. Well, we're actually, just one special guest because Jenny's our in house, you know. So we're here with the multi talented, you know, industry genius, a mentor, a big mentor to myself, actually, because he has mentored me in a very, in a very good way, very positive light. Our Mr. Musa Amadur, who is a creative director, a content creator, and an all-round ma- maestro, as I've said before. And also we have Jenny, who is our in-house content content specialist, content consultant. It's nice to have, have you both here. Well, I'm excited. I'm so excited about this episode because I know it's going to be bomb. I know it's going to be definitely have some have some 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 nuggets that I'm definitely going to work, home, work, work with and I'm definitely going to put put down. So yes, we're excited to have Ogamusa and Jenny here. Yes, so Ogamusa, please tell us about yourself. Tell us about your joining the creative industry. Tell us, you know, how you've how you've how you've navigated this creative industry and just how you've come about being a creative, you know, producer, creative consultant. You know.
1: Um, thank you once more. Okay, it's uh, a pleasure to be on uh, Beta Clan Shenanigans. I mean, I've seen the work that you've been doing. The work is intelligent. It's awesome, and I I really love the fact that you know you're creating a platform where people can get their voices heard and get you know to interact with uh, people and you know get to see some kind of insights to what they do and uh, how they've been going throughout. In terms of uh their progression in the industry that they are in i mean i'm still a learner though i'm not I'm i don't not, think, the, you're, I'm not you're, the you're an
0: advanced learner i'll call it an advanced
1: <laughs> so so when you say the white maestro all around nah. nah, nah, nah i think that i'm still <laughs> learning because for me i think that you know generally it's more like a learning process all the time because mm. in order to improve whatever skill or whatever craft you have you have to just keep continuously absorbing a lot of that knowledge from, you know, different fields that you get to encounter with and then different people that you meet with. Well, basically, I would say that um, as a child, I always loved the idea of advertising. I Mm -hmm. see how people create content and they see stuff and, you know, they're like, wow, this is interesting. And for me, I found it fascinating that this, this idea of, the visuals or the graphics that you see kind of prompts you to take some sort of action of saying, oh, I'd love to taste this thing or I'd love to have a piece of this thing or I'd love to see this thing in real life. And that has always fascinated me as a kid, you know, growing up. I used to see a lot of adverts on Sky One and uh, basically mm-hmm. then cable TV was basically what we all had. Yeah. You know, everyone was with that whole, you know, you see the ads, the, and these ads were creatively done, you know, in some Mm -hmm. kind of way Mm -hmm. that, you know, one of the funny experiences I used to have was comparing those ads to Nigerian ads where, you know, (laughs) are just having people sing all the time. Mm -hmm. And for me, it kind of prompted me to saying, why can't we make our content, you know, a lot more appealing than, you know, just have one single, you know, breakfast time is breakfast time is this, there's a song to it, Tales by Moonlight, there's a song to it, Mm The conflicts, there's a song to it, you know, as against... A situation where you had something creatively put out together when you see those ads you see something different and that has always prompted me to saying you know this is a field or this is a space that you know i would want to be in but you know generally there's this mm. how will i say a bias or would i say like a safety type of net where parents want to create in the sense that they believe that you know you can't come out or grow, go go to school, and then tell them that oh, I wanted to be uh, what do you call it? I wanted to be a, a, a guy in the marketing space, and they'll be looking at you and like, advertising. What do you want to do with advertising? <laughs> like people are going to school to read medicine, to read, uh, um, become an engineer, you know, and all that. So generally, they kind of pushed my my, okay, I'm like, okay, fine. If you guys want the engineering thing, I will do it. And that was how I got into, you know, and that's how I got into civil engineering. I finished, graduated as a civil engineer, practicing, you know, but the thing is, for me, I've always admired that aspect of creating something out of nothing. And that process in itself, you know, has a whole lot of research that you need to do sometimes you know people have this like a friend of mine was saying once that you know this was someone we went to school with and she said you know creative work cannot really be graded because it's kind of like a perception or it's like a view of what people see Mm -hmm. and that view of what people see might appeal to certain people in a different type of way and it might appeal Mm -hmm. to another set of people in a different type of way but for me I think that one of the key things that has pushed some people to be looked upon and said they're the most creative in that field is not It's not really about the stuff they created per se but it's about the story behind the individuals like if you look at bangor and the fact that he yeah. had very beautiful artworks and he came up with some kind of different system of you know of painting or different technique sorry of mm-hmm. painting and you realize that from that technique something new was created but in his lifetime people didn't celebrate it and saying that you know well this is astonishing or this is something they've never seen they might look at it and say you know what this is trash but today people appreciate that kind of artwork and they tell you you know it's valuable so I think that to a large extent that the story has kind of pushed the narrative of these individuals to say oh these things are better than you know what we see today but you cannot really grade creativity that way. That's the way I see it. that, you know, creativity has to be something that has to have a purpose for a certain, like if you're in the field of, you know, you're, you're trying to service a need, maybe you're you're designing some brochure for a company. You have to put it at the back of your mind that see I'm creating this to connect with a certain audience. And if I'm not able to solve the problem, what they have a financial problem or they have a visibility problem or they have, um, Uh, a credibility problem. And if I'm not able to use that creative artwork or creative content to solve that problem, then it means that that work is not creative. Not Mm. that it means that the work is poorly executed, Mm. but it means that, you know, it didn't fit the purpose of, you know, of uh, that, that particular need that the client wanted. It might be a beautiful design, but if it's not pulling people in, to make purchases or make more inquiries or take action then i mean the aim of that has been defeated and that's why i see, i still say that i'm still learning i mm. didn't say that you know this is the top of my accomplishment because for me i started learning graphics first oh. thing first this was in 98 and for i think it was photoshop seven or so came out around that time and um I was using that version. I don't know, maybe it was seven, Photoshop. Yeah. Well, I know it was some Photoshop. And then I started I started to realize that, you know, this field of, of graphics is, is far broad. It's broader than, you know, what we think. There are certain people that are just specialists in typography. There are certain people that are just specialists in composition. There are certain people that are specialists in photography. And there are certain people that are specialists in, you know, probably, um, you know, some kind of layout or st- stuff like that. They have the eye for it. Mm -hmm. And you know, being a generalist, it means that you have to be able to combine the skills of the guy that is doing the the typography, you know, plus the content writer, plus you know, the composition, and the ability to say, oh, we are communicating, oh, we are sending the message across. You have to have a lot of these simple, simple skill sets put together, you know, to make overall, to overall make that design, you know, pop out or you know, communicate effectively. Because for me. I think that from my own field, I've mostly dealt with like visual type communication and how you're able to execute the needs of that of the client. So why I still say that I'm learning is because of the fact that you cannot be perfect in almost every field. You cannot be a master of all. But your ability to be able to touch these fields and say, okay, I'll learn a bit of this. I'll learn a bit of that. I'll learn a bit of this. And as time progresses, you're able to you're able to improve on on what you've learned by ensuring that, you know, you continuously practice that particular stuff for over a period of time and then get a bit comfortable in it as against a situation where it's something that is strange to you. And why I'm saying all this is because it's in the context of, you know, in the context of of design or in the context of context of our content creation, you know, that it it's more than a certain field. There's there's research, there's, you know, there's the planning, there's, you know, the execution, you know, and then there's the finishing touches where you have to put all this together. So early enough, it informed my decision to look at it and say, okay, see you, I might not be the perfect guy at typography. I might not be the perfect guy at composition, but I should be able to look at it from an overall point of has this artwork or this content that we created has has it hit the mark has it got to the point has it communicated effectively mm-hmm. and that was what informed my own decision to say okay you know what I would like to go from a creative point of view to say okay let me direct all these affairs and see how I'm able to put these things together and you know that was how, that is what has led me to being um where i am today and mm. the truth is that if you look at the discipline overall you find that there are so many areas that you, one would have said oh i would have loved to be in this space or i'd have loved to be in that space and when you want to really go far create some kind of depth, you have to look at it from a project perspective to say okay you know what let me let me get this thing as a project and then." look at how we can improve and get certain results as against, you know, um, I'm looking at it as a single object and saying, okay, I want to get the best out of this, but it's not about, you know, waking up and drawing something or putting up a design. It's about, okay, this design that I've put in, how can it solve X or how can it solve Y if mm-hmm. it's in regards to creating projects or creating content for a company mm-hmm. or a client, in as the case may be. Yes. As, except maybe if you're, you're, you're learning, you know, where you just, okay, I want to practice or keep stuff up. I think that in, in the summary says a lot about, you know, yeah. who I am and, you know, definitely. what I've been doing. I, I love the idea of the challenge. And, and, you know, I'll keep, you know, trying my best to, to improve every day as I continue going. You know. Definitely, definitely.
2: Like oh, that's, that's really inspiring to listen to I really admire the fact that you have to learn after this because I feel like the second you stop learning you die you know it, so yeah, that yeah, makes yeah, right. so much sense thanks for sharing that and mm. I have a question for you right you talked okay. about being a journalist and um, you know you don't have to learn everything but you can learn enough to excel in every field you want to and that makes so much sense but how do you do that and not burn out? You know. Okay. How do you balance and center yourself while you do all the different things that
1: you do? Okay. Now, if you look at it from my perspective, I want to I want to look at it from this angle. Like, okay, let's say let's say you want to innovate something. It means you want to create something that is new from probably something that has been existing, isn't it? Now, if you look at a process. And you ask yourself okay this process i want to i want to break down this process and make it simpler and you know um improve the process i might look at oh this process has seven steps and then i say okay if i take three steps out of the process will it still with will, it, will its integrity still be intact now that is the kind of way i try to approach creativity in the sense that for you to execute a project well now Let's look at it from uh, a perspective where you're dealing with a client, where a client has a set certain need. Now, let's understand that you let's let's get it that you have a brief, and someone has given you a brief that oh, I want to design. Um, I'm looking at you know, I'm having a problem with people knowing the service that I offer. I've been doing this for years, and um, I want the general public to know that now I can offer this service. Now. As an artist, or probably as a content creator, or as a as a graphic designer, or you know maybe web designer, whatever it is, you look at you look at that brief that oh this is the challenge that they they're wanting to to solve, and then you look at companies within the same space and say oh what are these companies doing? Are they doing this? Are they doing that? Are they doing this? And then how do you intend to? differentiate yourself from the other. So if, for instance, I'm trying to design a flyer for that company or a website or any other thing as it is, and I've looked at it that, oh, all, almost everybody is taking this particular pattern. Oh, they, they, have, they have picked a couple of these new trends in graphic design or picked up a couple of new trends in motion graphics and they're applying that. Would I apply a different technique to theirs? Or I would adopt the same technique every other,
2: Hey, okay. okay, can you still here? Uh, I think we've lost him. Yes, I think we have. Um, Are you here? Can you hear me, guys?
0: Yes, I can hear you, Jen. I can hear you. Oh,
2: okay.
0: Perfect. Yeah. I think we lost him for a bit. Let me just pause,
3: pause
2: the recording.
1: Where were we? We were at... Um, how the challenge of a burnout, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Yeah, That's exactly. what we we're talking about. Okay, all right. Now, for, for me is this, when you approach that project, you have to do some kind of research. Now, this research would define for you all the directions that you need to take. Now, for me, like I was trying to make a reference with innovation is that when you, when you look at a substance or stuff and a project, uh, I'll give you an example. Let's say, um, for instance, the iPod. Mm-hmm. Now there was this iPod that they created, Apple created called iPod touch or something like that. It's practically the same design like the iPhone. So if for instance, you take out the music facility, what device does it become? If you add the phone facility, what, does, what device does it become? So imagine that you have the iPhone that can make calls, the same iPhone has your music playlist and the rest of all that and it's still a music player. And then somebody removes the phone facility from it. You have the iPod touch. Now, when you take that same type of philosophy to graphics or to design or to content creation and you're saying, okay, we have a complex looking artwork. What do we take out of it? Do we make it minimalist? Do we make it, oh, this type of trend? Or do we take this type of trend? Or do we take the best that we feel? But the thing is this. There is always going to be what you have like in terms of improvement, if for instance, you continue to design a single object or a single project four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10 times, I'll give you an example. Let's say you're doing a flyer and you have one variation. Now in the first variation you've done, you say, okay, let's try another variation. And then you, let's assume that you have 20 variations of that same artwork you'll find out that the quality of the work improves down the line, because now you're looking at clutter, you're looking at, oh, what is, is this communicating well? Is this legible enough? Is this small? Is this character? What is the most important thing? And then you are able to switch it down to, to some extent, sometimes why this burnout comes is because people feel that they're not comfortable or they're not confident of what they have created so far, that this, this stuff, you know, is not the best. Is not the best quality that they have, or they feel they could do better. And at this point, they are not able to come up with new ideas. Now for me, why I'm saying that you don't really have a burnout. It's just that maybe you're tired of, you know, working on that particular project. You could take that same artwork and add stuff to it. And take that same artwork and say, okay, you know what? Let's reduce stuff from it. Then take that same artwork and say, look, Let's add another technique to it. So there are always layers on layers and layers. There's this lady I met, um, um, she's an artist, visual artist, Modupe E. She does a whole lot of painting stuff, you know. But one thing I admire about her work is that she, she doesn't just do painting per se, she burns the paper that she uses to do the artwork. So that's another different technique. And you know, when you burn paper, you can't really control the way fire would burn the paper because if you light this part on fire, if you don't control it in time, it might end up burning the entire paper. So that that kind of experience where the, the fire kind of determines the area where there'll be patches and how you can now craft the artwork around those patches, it's a dimension to the way you would think or the way you would, um, you know, Say okay, this is where I will need to put new new stuff in. And most of the time, it's fear. Fear is the the most is the thing that kind of holds everyone back. To saying that, you know, instinctively yeah. we we have we have this fear of people who say shit about. Oh, sorry, people who say this work is not up to par, or they would say, you know. Um, this guy is this, he has designed rubbish. And uh-huh. that fear of I have designed rubbish is what pushes people to have that creative block. Now, I think that psychologically, every artist is supposed to be confident in his in his artwork or his, her artwork, as the case may be. Now, why I'm saying this is because the client gets to see that confidence in you and it's a replication of that confidence that you project out that they perceive whether they've got the best value for their money or they've got the best value for their work. If you do not show the enthusiasm that this work is perfect, then people around you will perceive that the work is not perfect. And once people perceive that the work is not perfect, then now you're looking at it that, oh, I did not create the right stuff. Because in reality, people do not understand or do not know exactly what they want. That's the reality of situations. Most of the time, people don't know what they want. I'll tell you why I say that is, I like to make use of, um, I like to make reference to Apple. If, for instance, Apple told some people before they created the iPhone that, you know, we're going to have a phone, there'll be no keypad. Let's say this was during the BlackBerry era, that the phone won't have keypad it won't have any trackball. It won't have any other, this thing, no rolling ball, no anything. It's just going to be a screen. You touch the screen. How many people do you think would have subscribed to that? A lot of people say, no, that phone won't sell. It won't make sense. this. And that, for me, has shown that when you want to create something that is innovative, I think that people, to a large extent, will drive you towards not trying things, everybody wants to do what is safe. Nobody wants to do what is unsafe. Like it's, it's like the Stone Cage, uh, Stone Age, uh, what do you call it, Stone Age era, where, where you had people that lived in caves and you had people that lived in trees and slept on trees and all that. People that lived in caves generally felt that if you get out of the cave, you are going to get killed by animals. And that instinct is what human beings have carried over all this period of evolution. That, you know, it has defined one inner one inner cage that we put ourselves in. That inner cage limits us from exploring the unknown. That we do not want to go into those areas where it's not comfortable. Some people will say, eh, they thrive in areas that are not comfortable." Is a lie. If you want to, if you, want, you want to try something that is uncomfortable, is to sit outside naked and design and see whether it's comfortable. It's not comfortable. <laughs> It's not comfortable because you know you can't do it True. because generally the society will look at you in a different light that oh this guy is crazy or he's something wrong upstairs or he's mad or you, you get the point i'm making and Great. you and you find that if you if you look at that approach it means that we would always want to take the safe things we we'll always want to do the safe things just to just to to get the results where people will pat you on the back and say, you know what, you did a good job. But nobody wants to do the unsafe thing. Nobody wants to do the work that people will look at and say, what are you trying to do here? Now, it is the question of what are you trying to do here that when your confidence is able to explain or that when you are so comfortable or confident that this work that you've done is the best, then You're able to explain to that person and say, this is what this means. And this is what that means without fear. And you know that what you've executed is the actual thing that will deliver results. And until you have that belief that, you know, what I've done is the best or is the best way of effectively executing this, then... You would always have that issue with, you know, creative block or burnout, like as, as people say, you know, because overall, when you have, another way you could also look at it is this, let's assume you start work and you don't plan for anything, you don't have any plan on ground. Let's say you, you want to go for war, as a case may be, and you see there are logistics, there are vehicles, there are, there are people, there's money, there's movements, there's, there's a whole lot of looking at what the enemy is planning and all that kind of stuff. You need to take all those things into consideration. But when you just decide that, you know what, let's wake up tomorrow, we are going, and we're just going to one, and then you go into one, and realize, oh, some of your men are not around, people are not motivated, there's no money, there's this logistic issue, there's that logistic issue. Then you start having issues, even creatively solving that problem in itself. So when you look at a project and say, you know what, before I execute this project, let me do a bit of research. Now, in the research that I've done, which is the most effective way of communicating my ideas to these people, from the brief I've got from the client, what are they saying? Is it that they like minimalists or they want to be complex or they want to be be traditionalist or they want to be modern or they want to be avant-garde, as the case may be? Then you look at those and merge, try to create a balance, like a merger between your ideas and what you know the client wants to, to, to see at the end of the day. And most of the times you find out that the client really doesn't have an idea of where they want to go to, except you have a client that is very intelligent and very under, that understands design. But most of the time, you know, when you have clients that do not have a design background, then it's difficult for you to get, you know, for them to understand certain decisions that you would take. For them, it's about the visual appeal. Visually, does it look appealing as against, you know, does it really communicate the point that they are trying to, to get across? So I think that burnout is self-imposed by you know, the artists themselves because they put already limitations in their mind to what they can execute. But whenever that limitation comes in, I mean, what I always would advise is keep their, their, keep iterating, like keep making different versions, take out stuff, add stuff, take out stuff, add stuff. And I think with that, you, you kind of can overcome that for the period. Then there's also the question of rest. You can take a rest. Yeah. Go around and you know come back in. But for me, I like I like to look at nature. Nature has a, a way of you know inspiring people to 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 create new ideas because you see nature has the perfect color palette. In nature, you can go and see green and you can see. Let me give an example on a tree. You see green, you see brown. There's a certain color scheme, yellow. There, there kind of there's yeah. like a color scheme associated with <laughs> trees that you will not go and see a tree that is probably red from the roots, stem, red, body, red, this one, green, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And then nature has a way of warning you that, oh, this black is this, or this red is. And for me, I I like to look at, let's say birds, for instance, birds have the best color combinations. Like if you go anytime you're online, try and look at color combinations of birds, like different types of birds. When you see see their color combinations, you're able to see that, okay, this color goes with this color, this color goes with that color, this color, you know. On a bird, you could see like three, four, five different colors. And once you're able to take shades of these colors and you're able to put them together, you'll realize that it gives the artwork a different feel. Even when dressing, you know, there's I mean, what's the name of that bed? Is it a crow or something? Mm-hmm. Crow, I think the one that has a white vest in that vest, you know, the one with the, there's a there's a bed with a v neck now.
0: Yes, I think
1: uh, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the uh, so the thing is that when you look at that, you now see that white and black will always go combine, like a yeah. color, you know, black suit, white shirt. I mean, it's yeah. it's already in nature. So I mean when you have this burnout, like, I think that you could also look into nature and say, okay, what can I solve? How, um, I'm having this color crisis. This is how I solve it. You know, even if you're having a problem of symmetry, nature also has a way of looking at it. You pick a leaf. Is this symmetrical? Is it asymmetrical? They're always going to have, you're always going to see these patterns. You're always going to see these directions that, you know, nature has created. And to a large extent, you know, they they would inspire you to to you know create something new in that in that direction. Even insects, uh, they their shapes. Some people use their shapes to create a whole lot of stuff. So I mean that there's so much material out there, and today even the internet. The internet is even the worst of all because you know the internet has brought what we call. Um, I'll say design. I'll call it like design localization. Why I'm saying design localization? Back in the back in the past, like when you had traders from from you know China having to do trade with Europe, you realize that the way the Chinese goods were packaged with their Chinese writing, with the way the 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 goods are bundled up, you know, if you watch those back in the days kung fu movies where you see where you see uh, a brown wrap and it has one type of rope on it and then there's a chinese inscription on it that was packaging do you get the point yeah. that was packaging in the past now some people would have learned that technique and they would have brought that technique into europe and say okay you know what let's try and modify this con- con- um, what do you call it um, let's try and modify this concept and see if we can do stuff different from theirs but for them back then it was a, like an identity system that, oh, okay, we knew these goods were from China, oh we knew these goods were from Europe, or oh, we knew this stuff was from America because of the way it was packaged or the way it was designed or the fonts that were used or the letters that were on the, on, on, on the box or the carton or the packaging. But with the advent of the internet now, we can have access to designs that were made in Brazil, that were made in US, that were made in UK, and you find that one graphic guy who just from Nigeria was just, okay, I'm designing a flyer for this church. I'll just pick one flyer from UK, one flyer from US. And it has localized design. So we cannot really show that, oh, our own content is different from theirs because we're almost taking the same, you see the same flyer that they push to UK. That's the same type of flyer these guys want to have as their album art on the on their covers of their, you know, um, music songs or their singles or, or you know, the, the music um, album art, that's the kind of art that they want to, to, to project because the internet has given us this access to seeing what every other person across board is doing. And because of that, we, we've kind of localized the design to say that we would copy, with the tendency to copy what the U.S. guy is doing is far easier now than it was before. And I think that is why the internet itself serves as, a, you know, a point of inspiration. But also, again, I would also want to urge like people, you know, to to also look at look inward, because locally, like locally in Africa, we have different designs, we have different styles, we have different patterns, indigenous patterns that you know we could harness. Okay, and I wanted to make a reference with the movie Black Panther. If if you look at a couple of the symbols there, it was these are symbols that are native to Kalabar. I think some there's a tribe in in Calabar. old Asian communicational. Mm. Like those symbols mean a whole lot of stuff, you know. But you ask the Nigerians today or people today, or graphic designers today, how many of them really know what those symbols mean? How many of them have been able to incorporate those symbols into the design that they do? We have Egyptian, you know, um, hieroglyphics or what they call it. I mean, how many people have been able to look at that and say, okay, let's put this in. And this is design that is native to Africa. Instead, you find that is one Katy Perry or Lady Gaga that is you taking some symbol like that and putting in their music video. And, you know, we locally, we, we're trying to impress the, the outside world with, with designs that are locally theirs or mm-hmm. they originated from their own end. There's no way we'll get any kind of respect for that. No. Except we're taking concepts that are locally grown to our own indigenous locations and pushing those concepts out there. That's when people will begin to appreciate what the African arts or what the African culture you know, really projects. As against a situation where we take that Eurocentric type model where you, you're seeing what the Europeans have done and you feel that that is, in its own self a superior type of artwork or superior working than than you know what you can create locally. So I think that is always a question of looking what we we have a whole lot of resources, like locally. You know, people should go track back to their villages, see what, you know, see how people communicated in the past. I mean Back in the days, you find women, the communication pattern was probably patterns of tattoos on their body. You see the grandmoms back in the days, they used to have these tattoos on their hands. And those things meant something, you know, Mm -hmm. it was a way of, you know, signaling. It's not like I'm saying people should get those tattoos, but there are things that we could learn from, you know, that visual communication language or what it meant that time and how we can push that same narrative into you know the works that we put out today because we will never impress any foreign person by trying to show him we are better at doing what he does Mm -hmm. but we will only impress them when we show them that we are better at what we do and this is what we do and this is how our culture pushes the narrative of of, you know visual communication as against you know taking their own model to to create and that's where i see it
0: definitely that, that makes a lot of sense are talking about talking about you know creative block and mm-hmm. you know moving forward in the industry mm-hmm. are talking about stagnation I remember coming back you know working for a certain company, both of us, mm. me and Ogamu, yes, so, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I know. This back story I,
2: seems very interesting. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, I remember, <laughs>
0: coming, I remember <laughs> coming back, you know, straight from England, you know, going straight yeah. to my youth service and going to this company and working. Mm. And they had a very strict um, how like, identity at which they wanted to see the company. Mm. And it was frustrating because, you know, me, I remember me, Ogamusa, and, you know, AB sitting down and we're, mm. you know, trying to navigate how we can overcome this 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 stagnation which we were in because we couldn't move forward. We we're just there trying to see how we can please this company at the same time, come up with a good, you know, creative project. And I remember Ogamusa sending us like, I don't know how many books you sent me that at least they were like at least 50 or 60 books you sent me that the eBooks, yeah. uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. so my question is, how do you, how do you, how do you move above stagnation? How do you navigate the industry whereby you can, you know, you can progress, you're not just stuck there doing design for corporate and you're just bored out of your mind. How do you move, yeah. how do you, yeah, how do you navigate such, you know,
1: problems,
0: in terms of I think
1: that, yes, there's, there's, that, is, that in itself is, is a challenge in the sense that, you know, you ask yourself a question that, do I put myself in a safety net where I'm in between a company, um, I'm working with, within a company, and then the company provides, you know, what I can use to get by as against, you know, I have a larger dream for myself and, you know, this is where I see myself in. And the thing is this, if you look at it public versus private, there's always going to be its own pros and cons in terms of process, in terms of what people do internally and how, you know, they look at it. But generally, you know, we're in a, we're in a, we're in a community where people do not appreciate the kind of work that creatives put behind it. They just feel like, right. you know, I'll pay you money and all of a sudden concept will appear uh you know content yeah. gets done that's the way people see that okay i'm paying for something i should get it i'm paying but they they do not look at the, the the entire process of managing individuals to deliver their best you know out of that and whether or not there is a price for that compensation you know and what would you do to define or you as the artist what do you, what's your own definition for that payment and over time, I've come to, to, to realize that, you know, that it's not going to be sufficient to say, I'm a graphic designer for this company or I'm fielding clients' view, views. We have to take the approach. There was this um, artist that someone was referencing, one time we had a conversation and her name is, um, I think is it Mutuo. So she's, she's a painter, also a Kenyan painter. And she said something that interested me. What she said was, artists need to be able to create the, the environment where people would get to appreciate, you know, the projects that they put forward. And what it simply means is that from now, okay, what I understood from what she was saying or my own perception of what, you know, from what I understood from what she was saying is that I look at, I look at it that, until we are able to create communities that appreciate us like our works as artists, like I'll give you an example. There are certain people that will tell you that, Oh, every movie done by Stanley Kubrick, they like, or every movie done by um, what's his name. What's the guy with the dark Knight, Christopher Nolan, anything Mm -hmm. done by Christopher Nolan, they like because they've been kind of able to create some kind of community around what they are doing. And what, I'm saying in terms of creating community is this, okay, you are a graphic guy, or you know, content creator as the case may be. What, how are we creating this community? How are we pushing the conversation within the community? And what I mean creating a community, what I mean is this, on our, on our online platform, is there anything we're doing that is interesting enough to get people to come to us, be it over oh, displaying our artworks, or oh, we have done a comedy skit. Okay, like you see the way these comedy guys are doing it now in Nigeria. Like you have General or who you have, um, yeah, yeah. Brain Jota, you have, um, there are so many of them, you know, yeah. MC, Edo, Pekin, and the rest <laughs> of all that. Yeah. They are all there and they've been creating these communities and that's what they've ex- effectively executed. But as artists, like content creators, have we been able to create these communities that we are saying that, When we create this community, companies can buy into those communities we've created because we have people of like minds and those individuals of like minds have said, okay, you know what, we like this artwork. I saw some guys in Lagos, they created this community on manga. I can't really remember the girl's name, but she had the whole event. They were at a place. They had all guys dressed in different manga attires. They had people with the Sasuke, someone looking like, you know, the guy Ichigo from Death Note and all that kind of stuff. So they had, to a large extent, they might not have so much traction, but they are creating that community. Now, let's assume as of the time we're working with the company that we are working that in our extracurricular time, we had created a community like to say, oh, within Abuja, content writers, you know, developers and all that sit down on a Friday, and discuss some shenanigans and all that stuff. But it's a regular meeting, it's a community. And Mm -hmm. as we create a platform online where individuals from several areas come together and have these discussions, and on these discussions we're trying to see how do we make each other grow? How do we make each other grow in the context of, he has this artwork we want to put out, it's for sale, we put it on t-shirts, are we doing it on face caps? Are we doing it on notebooks? Are we doing it on inspirational? Okay, like you can have an inspirational notebook and some artist will do the the cover art of the notepad. And, you know, Mm -hmm. this is something you can take along every every time, you know, you want to scribble down something, you're a writer, you want to write something, you're this. So by the time you start having this type of merchandise go out, you realize that, you know, someday one guy, one Boy, might decide, I like this guy's notepad, Mm -hmm. I want to pick. 10 pieces of it, this guy would say, oh, he knows this person that is that person's cousin that is this person's cousin that knows whiskey," and they pick up this, or you know this person and, you know, eventually you're you're beginning to create some kind of followership. And I think that that is the only way we can go beyond, you know, just the client, client, me, client situation. You could have several other gigs where you might not necessarily even need to go to, work anymore you have teacups selling you have face caps selling you have t-shirts selling because you've created some type of following that you know people are looking at it oh i'd love to have this i'd like to have this i mean see these guys with the, the virgil abloh guy he had a couple of uh, design what do you call it design companies that he opened where they're doing some t-shirts or some kind of fashion line and stuff like that I mean, it appealed to the certain community that they created. They created the buzz first by getting people to know that, oh, we're rocking the skinny jeans, we're doing this, we're doing that. And a lot of people were looking at them like, ah, this guy is normal. And before you know, it, became a trend that every young guy is so skinny jeans, backpacking, and all that kind of stuff. They created that trend to a large extent. So if we are looking at this from the artist's point of view, we should stop looking at it from, oh, it's a client situation where until we get paid by a client, we cannot do anything. We should look at it beyond that. We should look at it that, okay, see, we are products that we can equally sell in the market. And if we're able to sell ourselves as products in the market, we will do that by creating communities that support those products. And if we create communities that support those products, then we can go beyond, you know, just having to sell only your service but you also have products. Mm. And if, for instance, you're selling a teacup for 3,000 naira and you can sell a million teacups, you know what it means?
0: That's true. That makes a lot of sense. That makes but of
1: sense. the thing is that you have to make it appealing. You have to make people feel that they belong to that tribe or to that, like, hey, good example. You have the Samsung, you have the iPhone guys. Isn't mm-hmm. it? It's like a tribe? So yeah. people that are the Samsung they kind of like want to band around together with their guys that are Samsung guys that are Apple they want to band around with their Apple compatriots. That's how it is. Sure. So if we if we have that if you if you're able to create that kind of vibe around the content you create, be it from podcasts, be it from you know graphics, oh every night you every every two three days you you putting out new content to say oh. This is the gra- artwork that I created. It might not be it might not be the, the best of the best, but it's something. And people would like that thing. I would like you to look at this guy. This guy, I, seen, I used to see his works a lot. They call him 100. The guy does a whole lot of all these mural-type designs that they put on walls and, you know, graphics. Now he's transiting most of those designs to cover backs of uh, laptop covers to you know, phone cases, to t-shirts, to hoodies, to a whole lot of stuff, because he's been able to create that following. And how did the guy start? Every now and then he comes with the tablet, he's on the system, he's drawing, he puts the drawing up, he makes a video of the drawing, people are watching, he's creating content. And that way he's kind of created that content for the community that, you know, that love art, that, you know, are interested in art. before you know someone calls him okay i'm in london come and do a commission for me here we have the platform to create to to broadcast all that content be it oh i want to show you the process of how i design a flyer i'm telling you my brother even if you just have a two-minute video and that two-minute video the only thing you're doing is you open photoshop and you draw two circles and you sign <laughs> your name at the bottom you have created content that's true it mustn't be the most best or, you know, one 10 hour work or <laughs> 120 hour compressed video to 10 seconds before, you know, yeah. Yeah. you definitely. have created content. People would definitely yeah. like to see that content that you've created. Even if, you know, today you, you, you wake up and you do a five minute video that, okay, I, st- I stood up from my bed. I'm, I'm going out of the room and outside the room, I decide to look at it that, oh, What did I first encounter? A red car uh, and a woman frying egg or (laughs) frying uh, um, yam on the road before I took the cab. Now, as a content writer, what story can I write about a red car and a woman that is frying egg by the roadside? Oh, there was this red car that was passing this place. And apparently they had some kidnappers that they were thinking of how to kidnap a woman that was frying egg's son or daughter. Exactly. That is content. So people now every day wake up looking forward to oh this guy wake up by six o'clock or ten o'clock in the morning, whatever video his phone catches as he steps out of his room is what he's going to write about that day yeah and that's a com- that's a community that yeah, you want to start creating. So for us we, we will feel that we needed to get the content to be perfect like, have the the best lighting. Have you know you know the the best look before we can get it out there. But I'll tell you, when CNN started, I think in the 80s, late eighties or I think early nineties or so, people used to laugh at them because sometimes the newscaster will be reading news and then something in the background will just fall or somebody <laughs> would. If you go and look at it, if you go to YouTube and check about you know CNN in early times of their start, you will find that. A whole lot of shit used to go around behind them that one camera will just fall, one, one, uh, one guy in the back will just fall, some books will fall, something funny will just happen in the background while the news yes. is still going on. And because the news is live, they have no choice.
0: Yes, they just have to. You ask. know, they, it's
1: not something that they can control. Mm-hmm. So for me, we are so much worried about, you know, we need to get more out of what we are doing. But in, in reality, you know, we're stuck in a system where if you don't get out of that, oh, client pay me, client pay me, client pay me situation, you 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 find that it will be difficult for you to see that satisfaction. Because at the end of the day, we, I mean, people have bills to pay, you get it. And if we look at it that we have bills to pay then, you know, you have two things. This is it that you're saying that, you you know, you have to pay me for what I feel I'm worth? And in most cases, you won't even fly. So no, let's not even argue that one. So you, you will not fly. Because if I say, oh, this is what I really want, yeah. how many clients can afford to pay? And the question will be, will be like, oh, how much value am I getting out of what you're doing? Can you show me that you're giving me value? That's true. And the client always asks, "Are you showing me? You're giving me value, but the client does not understand something that over value is created over time. It is exactly. the first impression I get about your brand, then the continuous fact that I see this brand in the market that builds to that. So they look at the the, the graphic designers' work as the smallest thing in the in the grand scheme of things sure. for them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So they would not. Look at it and say, okay, we'll be giving these guys five million a month. They won't, or two million a month. No, they won't. But but even engineer that is a structural engineer that is in charge of probably putting buildings in places. You know what? If you guys are not paying me five million a month, I mean, forget it. True. They know that <laughs> there's a problem. Yeah. Because if a building collapses, well, it's going to be more than five million to solve it. Exactly. Definitely. You know, uh-huh. No, 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 so, no. so for me, I think that once we have we're able to create communities where people consume our content, then mm-hmm. we can go just beyond being normal content creators or content providers as you know, as the case is. Yeah. and that way we will have a lot more to offer than just, you know, picking a client brief and saying, you're solving that that particular problem alone. And with the communities, I mean, there's no no telling to what you, you can do. Because from there, you can be an ambassador for products for, for, for graphics, products related like for instance, Adobe could decide to say, "Oh, this guy's been doing a whole lot of Photoshop tutorials, so why not use him as a brand ambassador here?" Mm-hmm. But if Adobe cannot come in and pay whiskey to be a brand ambassador, it will not work because mm-hmm. it will not synergize, yeah. but they can afford to pay you a content creator because you use. Audition to do your sound editing, um, mm-hmm. Premiere to do your video editing, um, Photoshop to photo editing, Illustrator for vector create art uh, work creation. So, so yeah. those, those, are the, those are the communities that you can key into. And if you, for instance, in film, you know, you know this guy is using a Sony. Sony can easily jump in to say, okay, let's do something with this guy because he's been creating content constantly with this. And he has created some kind of following that he has 2,000, 4,000, 5,000 active followers that are on their platform and they're always exchanging this content there. And you know, it's pulling people to say, yes, this is the best way of creating this content using this software or using this device or using you know, this platform as a case maybe. So I think that until we're able to get to create those communities, then have that influence, then we can do better than that. And with that kind of profile now, when a client comes to you for work, then you can charge what you want. <laughs> true. That's
2: yeah. very true. That's very true. I hear you. I hear you. Okay, so um, with what you said, said, yeah, you kind of touched a bit on it, but I have this question written down to ask it. Mm. Um, we, we've come to an age where being a marketer is is more acceptable. It's more like people want to get on that marketing wave, that digital wave. And mm. um, there's so many people that want to get on, but they have no idea where to start from. Do you go do the Adobe thing? Do you, you know, where do you jump in? And okay. my question, okay. like, my question is more around what do you see the future of advertising being? Like, how would you? Um, advise someone that is literally fresh to the advertising world, and mm. is trying to get on the wave as fast as the wave is moving. You know what I mean?
1: Yes, I, yes, I, I have, I have a, a, a good idea of what you're talking about. Now, the thing is, this advertising is more or less like a component, I think, in, uh, in the, in the space of marketing as a whole. You get so. When you, when you say you want to get into advertising as a component, it's just one aspect where you want to take out your products and people visually to see it. More importantly, the skills you require to be in that space is one, the ability to create, two, the ability to communicate in terms of writing or visual communication as the case may be. Advertising could be cut into two, digital space and the traditional media which would be new media versus traditional media. So you ask yourself, which space would you want to jump onto? The downside to traditional media that is, there is no real metrics per se. That's the problem with traditional media. You see a newspaper house can tell you that they have a subscription of 1 million subscribers, but in reality, 1 million people read their newspaper the next day and it's possibly not true. And the television station might tell you they have five million viewers, but do you have any analytics to show exactly that five million people put on their TV in a country like Nigeria, where there's no light, sometimes? Sure. You know Can you really tell that five million people actually saw that advert? But what you can tell is that at least you know there are about 16 million Nigerians that have banking accounts so they can afford to buy a television. So to a large extent, let's say 10% of that number will probably see your ad. But you see the differences, traditional and digital media, or should I say new media? Sorry. New media has a different perspective. Everything there is measurable. Jenny, are you with me?
0: Yes, she, is Jenny.
1: Okay good good oh, fully, and fully fully okay pleased, yeah. okay okay I just wanted because you know I, I, like the the place was a bit silent so I thought yeah. maybe no, the connection not, was off or something no we're here so, we're here so so the thing is tradi- like i was trying to say digital media is measurable that's what makes it different so mm-hmm. on the digital media space what skills do you need to have your ability to create content your ability to understand data to a large extent now if you if you have the ability to create content and the ability to understand data. It's important. Why? You are selling a woman product. Let's say for instance, you're selling women um, hats or bags. You know very well that whoever you are advertising to has to be people that are women. It cannot be men. So when you have your ability to read data, you're saying that, okay, what is the demography of the individuals that would subscribe to this? If you understand that, you are, good to go to my, to go, you are good to go in regards to marketing. You don't need any specialized skill or anything like that. Once you understand, okay, this client, who is their target audience? They want to target women. How do we target women? What time do women go to work? What time do they go, come back from work? What time do you think women are free? Have um, what they call this thing, um, your ability to also create what they call a user identity. Mm -hmm. What is user identities? If you remember, okay, we did this a whole lot of times where we'll pick pick a particular client and say, okay, this is the product we are trying to push uh, this particular house. Who are the kind of guys that will buy it? Or we're trying to push this particular car. Who are the kind of people that will buy it? Yeah. And then we're now looking at, oh, these are the guys that have so, 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 so net income or their income monthly is about 450K. Where do you find those kind of guys? NMPC, mm-hmm. Shell, uh, mm-hmm. IP, mm-hmm. Uh, what do you mm-hmm. call them? Um, what's the name? Of? NCC. <laughs> all these places yeah, with the N and the Cs and yeah. the rest, you know their salary. True. Or NDIC, all of them, you know their salary. So you, know you already know that. <laughs> We already know that. Okay, how do we how do we hit them? How do we get to those guys? Is it that we are visiting them in the office? Is it that we are going to talk to their uh, cooperative? Is it that we are going to you know go to their ogah and tell their ogre that okay, please talk to your boys. <laughs> Basically, that's that's what that's what you are going to do, because you know that okay, this product is going to these are the people that can afford it. So you not waste your time and blasting that product on the internet when you already know that you'll just be doing um, what do you call a spray and stick method where you you just spray around and just hope that something will stick. If you do that, you're going to waste a whole lot of money. So your ability to understand the data, to understand the target audience that your client wants, then you're good to go in marketing. You do not need to have one superficial 10 years experience or 30 years experience in it. You will learn, you would make mistakes. Mm-hmm. You, and you improve on the mistakes that you've made. Mm-hmm. Once you know, yeah, yeah, you are able to, to say, oh, I can open a website I understand um, search engine optimization. I mean, there are so many platforms. Um, there's this application Primer. I think Google created um, this uh, Primer app. And on this Primer app, a whole lot of things happen. They tell you how to do stuff that typically, that typically you, would find, mm-hmm. you would find difficult, you know, as a newcomer, be it starting a business, be it marketing, be it design, um, design um, um, what do you call that thing, um, be it brainstorming, yeah, you know, bridge. there are so many things that you would learn from Primer. That you can learn on the go. And like I said, learning is like a continuous, is a continuous process. It's not something that you say, you know, I know everything now and I'm good. So, mm-hmm. for someone wanting to get into the field of marketing, I don't think that you need to go and say, oh, you need to know everything. No. First, start with your understanding of traditional media and um, new media. Mm-hmm. Traditional media is good. But to a large extent, there's no way people can monitor. So most of the time, it's only for the sake of, um, it's only for the sake of we we have that mileage, you want to have that media mileage, or want to have that traction, that Mm -hmm. you see someone would spend money on a billboard or a newspaper ad or a television ad. This, um, This new media has solved a whole lot of that challenge. Because the advantage outweigh a whole lot of that against, as against the, the traditional media. Not that I'm saying that the traditional media is not good too. Mm-hmm. Because the traditional media <clears throat> too has its own way. And this is what makes traditional media very interesting. Let's assume that you want to propose to a girl. Mm-hmm. The first thing you do is that you bring a ring, isn't it? True. <laughs> uh-huh, good. So the girl knows that you are serious. Mm-hmm. Now that's the effect of a billboard. That's true. That's the effect the billboard gives to the everyday viewer that whoever has money to do a billboard is serious about this business that they are into. So they are more less likely to make mistakes than someone that is sticking his flyer at the bus stop.
0: Mm. True, true, true. That that's a a good, that's a good concept. I like
1: that. I like the analogy. Yeah,
3: that
1: makes a lot of sense. So So now, so now, what is the sense that we can take from traditional media and bring to the digital space?
0: Exactly.
1: Now, if you if you look at the digital space, somebody goes to do an ad. They say, "Oh." click here to find out where you can get this, 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 this discount, that, 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 that discount. But imagine a scenario where I write as a company, I write like, let's say I'm a company like, let's say Gucci, and I write to, okay, particularly, okay, Chuku, Mm -hmm. how is your day today? Please, I would like you to look at this. It has been specifically made for you because I know you like A B Mm -hmm. C. D, and that message is sent directly to you on your yeah. own platform. Now, the, the effect or the, 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 your response to that message would be a lot more quicker than if there was just, uh, what do you call that pop-up, this normal pop-up that just pops up on your screen, those ones that you see all sorts of funny, funny ads, on the website. Now, would you click that link that you see as against a message that was directly sent by a company to you in your own name, understanding what you like? Hmm. So you see that there's a better response rate from that message because now you've understood that this company has taken the pain to identify me as a person and say to me, this is what I want us to do together Mm
0: mm-hmm that makes a lot of sense
1: that's that's that's
0: incredible and so this is this i i wish we we need part
1: two we definitely have to come back for part two of this of this (laughs) of this this i mean i mean we'll even i mean it's time for me to live on I mean we're going to do part two, we'll do part three. We'll even <laughs> make it <laughs> one up to part ten. Like I said, I, I, so I, I love here for the experience. All the of course. I am here for uh, all of you. I, I, I loved I I love the idea of you know the, this whole thing that we've put together. Definitely. Um, Definitely. And I've always been a support in support of you know you are, whatever you are. you, you, you mm-hmm. want to do. And I would mm-hmm. always want you know be want to be a part of this because Definitely. I I believe that you know, this effort goes a long way to promoting um, a lot of those people that are out there that people don't know that they exist, those people that, you know, are trying their best to make a d- bit of a difference. Even if, you know, they are not out there yet, you know, we are still working towards, Definitely. you know, you know, seeing how we can share our own experiences, Definitely. you know. And I think that this platform, you know, does... does justice to that and it will give us you know a way of uh, an outlet of you know getting our story out there for people to know that you, we, this is what we've gone through Definitely. i mean it's not all it has not all been you know the best but we're working and we Definitely. keep working and we yeah. keep you know trying to improve on stuff that you know we, we mistakes that we learned in the past you know and one of the most challenging thing that i've come to realize like working with people is that is there's also going to be the ability to manage people and, you know, manage their own, the, the kind of expectations that you have okay. is, even if it's, a, even if it's a client, you know, I have a client that I've been working with and, and I mean, they commission you to do a video and then all of a sudden halfway in the production, they're telling you that, okay, we're not really interested in this video and uh, you know, where I then, know. or you, you <laughs> completed the video and then I know. I know. and then them like these, these
3: ah. are the issues. These are really and issues. They're like,
1: <laughs> and then they're oh. like, ah, and this is your video self. I don't understand it. Meanwhile, <laughs> you've done the script. You've done everything. You know, you try to you try to manage the whole situation by saying, okay, you know what? Let's let's see how we can solve this challenge that we're all facing. Or you have this client that you know you've done some.
3: Hi Musa, are you still there?
0: Yeah, Musa, are you still there? Network keeps breaking off. Oh wow. Danny boy is going to have a lot to edit.
3: Oh. Let me give him some time to hop back on. Shoot him a text these are the
0: issues for real <laughs> I'm telling you it's, it's been Gauza is a, is a landmine of, of ideas <laughs> <All she is.
1: laughs> the, the question now would be like
3: Okay, how many questions do you have left for Musa?
0: I don't have any more questions, actually. Any?
3: Okay, okay. But
0: I would like us to round up with his, um, like how people can reach him, you know, people who might yeah. be to kind
3: of guide you. I, I was just going to point out that this entire yeah. interview, Mr. Musa has not given us one personal detail, one single okay. T, nothing. Why?
0: Yeah. No, we, I'll, I'll <laughs> ask him for it. I'll ask him for it. He'll definitely be- <laughs> yes.
1: Yes.
0: sorry it keeps cutting off
1: yes someone has been trying to call me apparently um yeah to just send a message to tell them that i'm in a meeting so they can
0: yeah we're rounding up let them
1: stop calling okay okay (laughs) just a minute okay Okay, are we there?
2: Yes, we're here. Uh
1: So there are always going to be challenges, no doubt, you know, and it's not going to be an easy field where you you expect like you you try to stay afloat and then it's like you're drowning.
0: True.
1: And then there's the expectation from people like you get this designer that you're working with and then you give him a job and then it takes him like forever to deliver that job. Not in itself is a problem. So Mm -hmm. a lot of times you will. I'm I'm kind of forced to try and learn a bit of everything so that I'm able to overcome those challenges and see that, you know, I'm able to communicate clearly enough for them to understand, oh, this is what they can do. And mm-hmm. then I'm also able to gauge how much they can deliver. So mm-hmm. I don't go making promises that at the end of the day, I cannot back up. So True. that in itself... You know, th- th- these are challenges. One of the, one of the most um, major challenges, like I think that we spend less time trying to develop ourselves as a product and we spend more time trying to develop what our client gives us as a product. As against, mm-hmm. you know what, develop yourself, improve your visibility out there, improve your reach out there, network more, you know, don't be isolated, you know, get to network with people in, within your own field to share ideas, mm-hmm. come together, solve problems together. But you see, typically, like, back then when I came from an era where the, the artist guys, the, everybody's hoarding what he's doing. If someone mm-hmm. knows how to use Photoshop, he won't teach you. If sure. someone knows how to use the software, he doesn't teach you. So for me, I, like, I, I hated that stuff. Like, oh, someone knew how a particular technique a guy will not. Even not for YouTube. I mean, yeah. a whole lot of these things would be very difficult today. I I mean, I started learning 3D from an era where you were reading PDFs to understand how to use a software. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, crazy. I mean, crazy. if you if you, if, you, so if you can imagine if you can imagine reading a PDF to understand how to open Photoshop, that's I mean, is it's crazy. It's not fun at no, all. No. Or, or you're looking at a software as complex as probably Houdini and you're, and you're reading it off a of 3D, um, mm. uh, PDF, sorry, off a of PDF, uh, PDF. It's it's challenging. True. So there's always going to be challenges. But for me, I've come to form this mentality of, you know what, I cannot, I cannot solve all the problems that are out there. Mm-hmm. What I can do is to see how can I improve those people that I work with, those mm-hmm. people that, you know, we work together and say, okay, let us understand ourselves. Let us communicate. Let us, If there's a bit of a gap in communication, let us understand, okay, what everyone is expected to deliver. And to a large extent, do not put too much on people's plate expecting that they can solve the problem. You know, break it down. Let mm-hmm. it be easier. Let it be manageable. Whatever the project is, try and break it down to a point where it's manageable, that you're able to deliver on client expectations and you're able to manage your team. You were speaking about,
0: you know, the, um, the challenges you're facing in terms of yes. manage, managing people. and
1: you know. Yes, there, there's a challenge of people. There's also the challenge of, you know, um, clients in terms of, you know, clients start um, a project with the belief that they want to see the project through and then halfway within the project, there are issues. Or they sure. just feel that, you know, they're not comfortable with the solutions that were provided. So it's always important that, you know, communication is key. Sure. You know, try to keep the clients abreast with the situation and the reality of the situation around. Definitely. Definitely. One way or the other, one way or the other, there's always going to be challenges on any project that you mm-hmm. can't run away from. But mm-hmm. the ability to manage people, manage the time, resources think that would um, lead to probably successful, Definitely.
2: yeah, successful Definitely.
1: execution of the project if you are able to do that. But one lesson I've learned is that you know you might have a lot of expectations for people. It's always good to minimize those expectations,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and
1: then instead of concentrating on what you know the client is bringing to the table, also concentrate on how you can improve your skills. Sure. As a person, because, you know, the client will always believe they can throw money at a solution, throw money at a solution. But mm-hmm. if you do not improve yourself, then your ability to solve most of those problems begin to diminish over time. Most especially when you begin to get too comfortable,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you
1: know, and you're not in a situation where you have to do something because you need the money, mm-hmm. you know, that, that tendency to just do anything or submit something that is below power would always could could arise True. when when you don't have um mm. or should i say when you're in the comfortables when you're in the com- in comfort comfort zone your own comfort yeah. zone mm-hmm. the tendency to to yeah. deliver better quality will begin to diminish if you do not improve on yourself basically sure. that's that's the sure. thing you know and then yeah. you improve on the improve on your team you know by also giving them additional training and and at the end of the day while while you're able to do that then you're able to improve generally everything Mm -hmm. that you do but there will be challenges and some of these challenges can be overcome by when you build it like the reason why i'm saying concentrate on building yourself is this that Mm -hmm. some people don't really see the value that you provide as a client Mm -hmm. As the client will just look at it and say, no, be a graphic designer, the guy be I beg, look at what mm. how much if I go this place, how much I go pay them, that kind of thing. Yeah. They are charging me this amount. Why? Why mm. when this thing is like this, when I can go out and get it at a cheaper price. Now there's there are three things. Like you look at it. When you see that funny triangle, they say good, they say good, they say fast, and they say cheap. Mm-hmm. If you look at that triangle about good, fast, and cheap, you cannot get to deliver the three of them to your client.
0: No, it's not possible. Mm. It's, virtually, you can't. it's Virtually
1: impossible. You can only give your client two. Mm. That's true. If some client wants a design that is good and he wants it fast, it cannot be cheap. <laughs> it's
0: not possible. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not possible, yeah.
1: Oh my days, he okay, we'll ha- wants it fast yeah. and cheap, that work must not be good. <laughs> That's very true. Mm.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: do you That's get the you get true. the point I'm making? Yeah. So for mm-hmm. me, in that in that client communication, put it that way and don't regret. True. Don't say ah, um. I want to keep this client. Mm, it's the first time. Oh, I'm telling you, there are clients that they just bring that first-time conversation that, ah, we want to build a long-term relationship with you. You know, this is just the first job. We improve after, yeah. you know, we get to the next one and all that. I'll still do introductions to my friends and sure. my guy. He does that first job. He's out of that place. You are not going to see him again. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> it's sad. It's sad, but true. Very, very true. The game Yeah. You know?
3: you know? You,
1: you, you get the point that I'm trying to make. So yeah. in that place, like last week, someone brought a, a job for me. I think what was the job? It was something to do with their company profile. I said to him, guy, right now, Mm-hmm. If somebody is not paying me a million plus for their profile, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I,
2: I like that. I said,
1: <laughs> I said, I'm not doing it. I like don't that. Not, don't do it. That's true. I said, don't do it. You know the reason why I'm saying don't do it? It's not because of anything. It's at the end of the day, you'll be unhappy that you did that job. Exactly. From the start. And at the end of the day, they will put a lot more pressure on top of you that, oh, and uh, this thing is not here. That one is not there. This is there. oh, they need to change this or they need to change that. I said, see, don't waste my time here. Mm-hmm. That time that I waste working on your job, I'll use that time to build myself, to go mm-hmm. back to your lab, research, you know, do some more improvements. Or if I'm my photography skill is bad, I'll go back and improve it. Or if my ability to look at certain things are beginning mm-hmm. to lose it, I'll go back mm-hmm. and learn. Of course. Mm-hmm. But to step, sit down and say, you know what, I want to receive X amount so that I can keep surviving day to day. I mean, it's there's a, a limit. Yeah, there's there's a, a limit to when you now look at it that you have the skill, but you are now frustrated now thinking, oh, midlife crisis situation. or did yeah. I choose the right career? Oh, is this job or is it that... I need to go and start learning data science. Oh, is it that I need to now start learning uh, artificial intelligence or coding? Yes.
0: It's a big, it's a
1: problem. Whereas there are people that are surviving from the skill that you have. Exactly. Because they are priced themselves well, they've put their brand in a certain place. That's true. That people look, recognize the work that they are doing that, okay, this is the quality of work that I want to put. <laughs> I might not be the best of the best. Mm-hmm. Put your quality of your work expectations and tell them, this is what you are. Mm-hmm. What? If true. they can pay, fine. If they cannot, please, they should find yes. someone else. If they want a cheap solution, they should go to so, 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 so place and get a cheap solution. That's it's as true. simple as that. But <laughs> they cannot admire your work and tell you that they want to pay cheap for it. No, it doesn't work that way. It
0: doesn't work that way.
1: There's mm-hmm. so, most of the time, we are giving them that leverage of, oh, we want to build a relationship. Yeah. Trust me, the only reason why most of these guys do business with us is because they feel that we are cheaper than whatever other person would charge in the Exactly. Exactly. And we're the cheapest as of that point in time of operations. True. And that's why they will go for us. <laughs> this is sad, but it's the reality of life. Yeah, it is it is. It, is. It, is. it is. it is. So for me, I think that if we can concentrate on building communities, mm-hmm. like we build content, the same way the comedy guys are building their content, the same way the film guys are building their content. If we build content that way, yeah. you know, we create a community where people buy into that content. Why not? Mm-hmm. I mean, the NFT is something else is popping up like you know crazy, and the NFT now wants to move the middleman from artwork. So I mean. Thanks. If 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 people are if artists content providers are jumping on this NFT wave, I, I mean, there's a lot of value that can be created from it. There's a lot of monetary, you know, uh, thing that you can get from it because there's a space there now, and there's an opportunity within the space. So definitely. I think I think that is something worth exploring.
0: You know, definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's right. you've you've given us a whole breakdown of so much
1: I, to take. How, in. I, how I wish I could. I, you know, I've been all over the place because I didn't I didn't prepare properly to be honest. No, if you for this. You've given <laughs> you us know, so you, that, I, I, nah, it's
3: it's been amazing. Mm. I think the, the more unscripted the better with Ogamusa.
0: I'm, I'm <laughs> telling you.
3: I'm <laughs>
1: Okay, we'll say yeah, I, I really appreciate, I re, I'm, I'm honoured that, you know, you guys were able to take time out of your very busy schedule to give me the opportunity to be on your show. Definitely. I really appreciate that fact definitely. and uh, yeah, I'm glad that I was able to contribute a little that I know, the little knowledge that I know have. Definitely, we're uh, definitely uh, having a uh, time uh, We, we part, really have enjoyed your authentic self. Mm-hmm. We thank have you, really
3: enjoyed you. your authentic self
1: so much today. Definitely. no problem i, I appreciate that fact. i'm happy that you know you guys are appreciated what we've done today so far yes. but if there are any if there is any other thing that you know you need clarity on we could still have this conversation Definitely. Um,
0: again. i think we're we're um, definitely going to have i believe
1: this. that we between now and the next time we have this interview i'm sure we'll probably would have learned new things so i'm definitely looking forward to 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 looking definitely. at other and exploring other aspects though.
0: It's definitely, definitely. Yes. I, I said there are people unlike media people who have who don't have who don't have the reach to you. So at this point in time, how can people reach you? Because the people who are going to listen to this thing will say, man, this guy has, you know,
1: there's so much information
0: i would like to learn i
1: mean okay let me let me put it this way i'm going to i'll, I'll officially i'll make you my manager so okay no 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 coaching and all well. no coaching it's a class staff
3: please well
2: <laughs> uh, yes
0: please Okay. So how can people reach you like if you like your uh, social media handles or you know w- w- whatever you want to put out there <laughs>
1: See, the truth is, I'm not really, you might, you know, as this yes, thing. I'm not really nice. on the social media yes, social. like that. I'm not, yeah. I'm not on that because I don't want a situation where people contact me there and I'm not responding and it'd be like, you know, yeah. I'm not really on that listing. Well, what yeah. I, what I can say is this, that, you know, you have my details, you have everything of mine. Anybody wants to reach me out, reach out to me. I mean, they can do that, you know, True. virtually through you. So, yes. I mean, they could get to me via you, you know. True, I'm Um, your I'm your manager now. I'm uh, honored
0: <laughs> to, to be a manager,
1: but yes, I no, would. Def- no, 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 problem. No problem. Yes. We'll, we'll, we can assign the details later. Definitely. We'll, definitely. Talk, we'll talk about the X, Y, Z later. Of course not. Well, now, Right now, we can't. We can't do the X, Y, Z online. No, oh, no, wow. no. We can't give out information. <laughs> <laughs> we can't give yes, out too much. <laughs> much.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll definitely yeah.
0: put it. I'll put probably if you don't mind. I might put maybe just like your email address in like the description of this podcast okay
1: which of the emails do you want i can give you my email that yes any anyone you can just okay musa underscore amadu at hotmail.com you can use that then you can use the musa.amadu at uh, gmail oh sorry musa.amadu.danjuma at gmail.com you can use any of the two uh you get you get to me in terms of shooting me a message then um I not I don't. I don't want to leave my number out there. But this too, I think, will serve. Definitely. And you have my number now, so I mean, yeah. if it's very important, then you can always get across to me. Definitely. Get a number. Um, is Jenny based in Nigeria here? Yeah? Yes, she is. Yes. Oh, Jenny okay. Jenny okay. is
3: joining in from Lagos, oh, and okay, okay. I'm definitely part of the people that will be you know, reaching out for that number. Just
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Jenny, definitely, she she can get to me anytime. Um, you have my, give, give her my glow line. I mean, okay, reach, yeah. reach out to me. Via and then, I mean, we could always collaborate on any other thing besides even just the podcast alone. Definitely. And, you know, the physical stuff that we can do out there, and how we can start something. Like I said, if we if we, want, we should try and build this community, build the community up to, to somewhere where we're able to get some kind of active participation. Because I know very well that for podcasts, by the time we start hitting 40 episodes, 50, 60, then mm-hmm. we are beginning to have a fully fledged form. I think so. I think you so know, product Structure. out there. Yeah. Uh, but for now, I think that we will just keep trying and you Definitely. know keep creating that content. Please, if there's any other questions, please shoot on. I'm, I'm available.
0: Definitely. Okay, so yeah. we'll have to come back for part two or three to round no, this up. No off. problem. No, big, no problem. A big. Thank you, mm. big appreciation from us. I mean, I appreciate,
1: you. I appreciate. Yeah. You. I from I me appreciate and it.
0: the whole team, we definitely appreciate your time. Um, um,
1: and, I hope they have been know they speak English too much. Uh. No. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. May not be like, say, may know know like say, this guy. No, no, no. Speak. not be one yeah. of right. us. You understand. So,
0: you're de- you uh, definitely
1: hit the nail on the head. The,
3: def- the clan members definitely know we're one. <laughs>
1: we, mm, we feel the energy. We we know. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> definitely. I'm glad. I'm glad that you know we're able to do this today.
0: Well, yes, um, yes. Thank you, everybody, for. I like thank everybody for listening to uh, the podcast. You can. We're definitely coming up with more exciting stuff, and yeah, Agamrus, okay, so we definitely having you again it was such a it was such an honor to have you
1: on this podcast and
0: we're looking no, the pleasure to, is all mine i mean the pleasure looking, is all
1: mine thanks a lot
0: definitely we're looking thank forward to, to to having you again well from myself, I'm looking for myself so. as you know thank you jenny do you have anything you want to say to our viewers um
3: it's my first time it's your first <laughs> podcast
0: uh, <on> <laughs> how, do, how do you feel you feel good
3: Amazing, you yeah. have been the best host. Thank you so much for carrying me along. Okay, and yeah, please subscribe to Bitter Clan if you're listening. Come back for more shenanigans, you know the spot always.
0: Yeah, how can people reach you, Jenny? Because people want to reach you too. You want to put your details out there in case people want to know.
3: Um, uh, can you be my manager too? <laughs>
0: you have to pay me good commission for all this for all this management i think but yeah definitely but you can just put it out i mean we normally yeah
3: <laughs> okay um i really like this i'm, so I'm not big on social media mm-hmm. um maybe the email thing would work as well you have my yeah. email yet, yeah so
0: but which of the emails would you prefer you can just set it t- tell it out in case somebody just wants to you know write it down okay
3: or okay so um you can reach me at jen hearts j-e-n Hart, h-a-r-t-s 014 at gmail.com
0: definitely well yes thank you you can reach me at otis thrill. my all, all my handle start at otis thrill yeah. Yeah. you can reach me via any of my social media handles thank
2: you so much guys and yes it's a wrap